Hey everyone, Kira Davis here. If you're like me, you're always looking for new ways to be healthier, be more fit. Well, eating better is easier than ever with Factors delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. You've got your two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factors restaurant-quality meals. They're ready to heat and eat whenever you are. You've got pancakes, smoothies, and a lot more than that. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. I like this part a lot. Factor is flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. My husband and I travel a lot for work, and some weeks we need more meals than others. So that is a huge plus. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. <laughs> I'm raising my hand. I'm not a very good cook, so I love that. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. And y'all, don't we all want to save more money these days? Don't we all need to save more money these days so you can save money and eat right? What's not to love here? Well, check this out. If you go over to factormeals.com slash JLTY50 and you use code JLTY50, you'll get 50% off. Talk about saving money. So factor, F-A-C-T-O-R, factormeals.com slash J-L-T-Y 50 and use my code, my code, J-L-T-Y 50 and you'll get 50% off. That's code J-L-T-Y 50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off. Eating better has never been easier. American culture is at a crossroads. I'm Kira Davis, and in my new book, Drawing Lines, Why Conservatives Must Begin to Battle Fiercely in the Arena of Ideas, I challenge conservative Americans to stop retreating from the culture. I help you think critically through the pressing cultural issues of our day and offer practical advice and solutions. It's time for conservatives to make themselves uncomfortable and get engaged, get inspired, get moving, and get winning. Pick up a copy of my book, Drawing Lines, available on Amazon at Faithful Text dot com or wherever books are sold. This is the FCB Podcast Network. I pray the Lord my soul today that we won't stay, then we won't stay. All we got is us, no one can take that away. I'm Kira Davis. I am your host for the newest podcast on the FCB radio network. Just listen to yourself with Kira Davis. Yeah, that's me. I want to thank you for joining me once again today. This is a podcast where I ask people to actually listen to what they're saying out loud and take it to its logical end. Last week, we talked about Bernie Sanders and Bill de Blasio and the whole idea 
of what it means to take money from the top and redistribute it to the bottom, you can find that episode right here on FCB Radio. You can find it on iTunes. In fact, I recommend you do go subscribe. Leave me a good rating. It helps so much. And or if you're iHeartRadio, we're available there or on Spotify. So lots of places you can find that episode. I don't want to brag, but (laughs) I was pretty brilliant. So I highly recommend and I want to hear what you think. I want to hear how you feel about what I said. So feel free to come over to my Facebook page at Kira and Davis. That's Kira A-Y-N Davis. Some people pronounce that Ayn, like Ayn Rand. And that's actually who I'm named after. But uh, in my family, we say Anne. You can find that public Facebook page or you can find this posting on FCB Radio on Facebook and drop your comments. Let me know how you feel about some of the ideas that I propose. This week, I want you to just listen to yourselves about dun, 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 gun control. It had to be this, right? I mean, it has been a brutal week in the United States of America two brutal mass shootings um, in El Paso and Dayton. And of course they follow another shooting last month at the garlic festival in um, the San Francisco area in Gilroy. And many people have died. I think the death toll has totaled close to 30 at this point. And uh, of course you all know, this isn't the first time that a tragic event, tragic events like this have happened And it probably won't be the last, sadly. But each time after an event like this, the inevitable discussion, I don't even feel like we can call it a discussion anymore because people are just screaming, but, but the inevitable rage over guns and then the back and forth over gun control, it ramps up, it heats up. And this time is no different. And there are a lot of different angles this time because People are mad at Trump, right? A lot of people hate Trump. A lot of people think he is a racist. I'm not one of those people, by the way. Um, <clears throat> not a Trump voter, but I I don't think he's a racist. And um, I, I'm not going to get into why, because that's not what this podcast is about. But if you do and you're really convinced, I would just suggest doing what I did. What I did to ease my mind about it was I actually read what he was saying, like full in full context, instead of just depending on the headlines. So If you want to know, like, just go find an alternative source or just go straight to his Twitter feed and 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 read that Uh, you'll definitely still have problems with him. But I don't know that necessarily race should should or would be one of those. But I just, as always, challenge you to do your own work on that. I'm not here to talk about that. But it is an issue in in this subject because a lot of people are blaming Trump for giving Shelter to white supremacists. Of course, we're talking about what happened in El Paso. That shooter apparently, I haven't read his manifesto. I don't want to. I don't want to know much about this guy. I really don't. Uh, But apparently he had written some white supremacist leanings and was mad about immigration or whatever. And so decided to take it out on these people. And there are a lot of people who are saying, you know, don't blame mental illness. This is a problem with white supremacy in this country. We have a growing problem with white supremacy in this country. And this is proof of it. And we need to address racism and guns at the same time. 
I think it's proof that there's white supremacy in this country. I don't think it's proof that white white supremacy is the problem in this country. You'll notice no one is really talking about the Dayton shooter. That's because the Dayton shooter was an Elizabeth Warren fan and hated uh, that we weren't moving towards socialism fast enough, which is also what the guy who shot uh, Congressman Steve Calisi at a, at, at a Steve Scalisi at a congressional baseball game last year almost killed him. He was a Bernie fan, you know, and he also was mad that we weren't moving towards socialism fast enough. So uh, we definitely have a rage problem, but I would not label every Elizabeth Warren fan a lunatic uh, just because one guy who loves her shot up a bunch of people in her name. Um, And I feel that about any shooting. Uh, but the point I'm making here is that there are a lot of people talking about white supremacy right now. So let's bring that up and in relationship to the gun control debate, a lot of folks want us to see banned guns or tighter restrictions or quote common sense restrictions. I often don't understand what the, what common sense means. I live in the state of California where you have a 10 day waiting period. You have to have a background check. And now you have to have a background check for the ammo. We have a magazine um, limit on so how many uh, rounds your weapon can take. We're so restricted in the state of California. And yet we have like very high incidences of gun homicide. So when people say we need common sense gun laws, I don't know what they mean. I think those people think that it's easier to get a gun than it legally than it is. I have no idea how you get a gun illegally, but it seems like a lot of people do. (laughs) That seems easy. Uh, It's not easy to get one legally, certainly not in states like Illinois or California, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, a lot of states. It's it's really difficult. But I want to talk about what gun control means for the black community. That's really what I want to talk about. Uh, A little history on me before I move into why you should listen to yourself on this subject I used to be very staunchly anti-gun. I was raised a Canadian. We don't like guns up there. Um, I always thought American society was insane for the amount of guns they had and seemingly their obsession with guns. And I said, I would never have a gun in my house and I would never allow anyone with a gun in my house. That was my point of view for many, many years. Um, And I always thought the Second Amendment should be repealed, to be honest. I I never thought it was helpful. And I ended up being in a situation where I was living in the middle of a high crime inner city community. My husband had to leave for leave me and my two small children for four months while he came out to California to set up his new job and our life. And our kids finished up the school year back in Gary, Indiana. And right before he was about to leave, I told I told him, you know, I'm thinking about all of the break-ins we're having on the street, the home invade, the violent home invasions and how the police aren't necessarily the most responsive in this area. And I'm wondering what I would ever do to protect our kids if someone broke into our, our house. And I'm scared. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I want a gun. And my husband said, <clears throat> all right, if that's how you feel, let's sign you up for some lessons. We'll, we'll get you like some training. And then if at the end of your training, this is something you're still comfortable with, we'll go buy a gun. So I went to do the training and uh, it was life changing. 
it was life changing. You realize a lot of things when you're standing there um, learning how to respect a weapon and learning how to operate one. One thing I realized is that, oh, these things don't actually shoot themselves like they need me. So it's more about the motivation behind the person with the trigger finger than it is about the trigger itself. The other thing I realized is that um, there's a wonderful as a woman, there's an amazing sense of power that comes with knowing that you can protect yourself against a greater force, which most men are to women in this country. It felt safer Then I started doing some research on the Second Amendment and what it really meant and and why we have the Second Amendment. I had always assumed that the Second Amendment was about hunting and protecting your home, but it's not. It actually has nothing to do with those things. It has to do with the fact that before uh, America became a nation, they were being oppressed by, by their British overlords across the sea. And And it was pretty brutal. It wasn't just about taxes. I mean, their oppression was physical as well. It was pretty brutal. And when people wanted to protect themselves against the the Commonwealth, the, the, the Queen's goons, they didn't have weapons. They weren't allowed to, to have weapons. That was a law in the colonies because because the British crown knew, you know, you can't you can't give these poor people weapons. They're going to rise up. So that's why the founding fathers put that in the in the Constitution. They never wanted that to happen again. So they made provisions so that the 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 that the government could never tell private citizens that they can't own weapons. That the government would never be allowed to tell private citizens that they can't own weapons. I know what you're saying right now. You're going, Kira. But when the Second Amendment was written, it wasn't written in with modern technology and modern weapons in mind. They had muskets, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no. The Second Amendment is not about technology. The Second Amendment is about your ability to protect yourself against a tyrannical government. I'm still hearing you. I'm still hearing your, your protest. You're going, Kira. How tinfoil hat are you? The government is not coming to burst into your house. The government is not coming to to put you back in chains. If you think that this government is going to turn into authoritarian overnight, you're crazy. Okay, I got two points on this and I want you to listen to what you're saying out loud when you tell me that. Point number one. There's a reason why the government is not going to turn around and turn tyrannical and authoritarian overnight and start marching military troops into your home. You take that reason for granted because you've never had to live in a society where people don't own guns. You're an American. We are saturated in it. We are saturated in the Second Amendment and you don't even know it. The reason why the government would never think and it doesn't cross any government's mind to do this is because it would be so damn bloody. Now, the people might not win because the government's got all kinds of stuff we're not allowed to have. Tanks, nukes, but it would come at a great cost. And what no government wants to rule a country with no people. And the Civil War was bloody enough, you know, And, and every government wants to avoid that. If you know your history, you would know how much that war cost this country in blood and lives and lineage. So you may think 
oh, that's crazy. You're, you're stupid if you think the government's going to turn around. I actually don't think the government's going to turn around and march the military into my home and take me off to some camp. I don't think that. But the reason I don't think that is because there are over 300 million guns in this country. And we have the Second Amendment and our government knows damn well that a lot of Americans are armed. We're saturated in it. Don't you understand? It's a part of our culture. It's so much a part of our day to day. We take it for granted and we just assume that the government doesn't do this because they're good. The government doesn't do this because it's not even a thought in their heads because we are well armed. <laughs> so, so there's that. Here's the other thing I want to listen. I want you to really listen to yourself on this point. <clears throat> I know that you imaginary listener have just told me that I'm ridiculous for even suggesting that the government is about to march into our homes and we're going to have to fight some civil war against the government. But you are the same person who has just shared 50 articles about concentration camps at the border, how Donald Trump is our president is a racist, hates black people, and how white supremacy is on the rise. And the biggest problem our nation faces, and we can't feel safe anywhere. You have just told me that this nation is at war. And on the flip side, you want to tell me I shouldn't have guns. You want to tell me that as a black woman raising a black family, that we should be terrified of our president. We should be terrified of our federal government. We should be terrified of all these right wing nut jobs and white supremacists. And then you've also told me I'm not allowed to defend myself against those people. It is my opinion, and I know a lot of black people who share this opinion with me. It is my opinion that the Second Amendment is more valuable to the black community than any other community in this country. Let's take that thought all the way to the end of its logic. I'm going to listen to myself on this. I'm going to, I'm going to listen to what I just said out loud and I'm going to take that logic all the way to the end of the line. <clears throat> Let's go back to slavery. We got to start at the beginning so we can get to the end. Let's go back to slavery. I don't have to tell you all how horrible that was, right? We, I think we all instinctively know <laughs> it sounds horrible. It was horrible and it has had lasting effects on our nation and our individual communities. That was obviously, duh, you know, a time when black people weren't allowed to be armed. I mean, they weren't even really counted as citizens until it was expedient for the South to count their votes. Um, so there, there was that, there was slavery and we were disarmed, unarmed. <clears throat> and then slavery ended and oh, due to a bloody, bloody battle that included a lot of guns, by the way, a lot of guns. Slavery ended, but racism didn't end, you know, um, brutality against black Americans didn't end. Then we moved into Reconstruction and we move into the Civil Rights era and Jim Crow and a lot of and, and all that history in between. There are multiple instances of local governments and the federal government coming in and preventing black people from owning firearms. In fact, uh, a lot of people might not know this, but the roots of the NRA 
which is is uh, actually a civil rights organization, right? They defend the Second Amendment. Second Amendment is a civil right. It's a civil rights organization, but and it's controversial for a lot of reasons these days. But a lot of people don't know that the roots of it, it wasn't the NRA then, but the roots of it started um, during Reconstruction and when a lot of black people in rural areas were left vulnerable and the KKK was kind of running stuff. And they would, each local governments would enact these laws that would make it impossible for black people to own guns, black people to own rifles. And it'd be little, like the poll tax, you know, where it'd just be little things, little tweaks there where it would make it harder and harder for black people to, to own, legally own a, a rifle. And then what would they do? They'd roll up on their property, right? Burn crosses on their lawns, burn their farms, take all their cattle, their livestock. It was brutal. So the roots of the NRA was in people kind of standing up and saying, no, this is a Second Amendment right. You're not allowed to tell these people they can't arm themselves. By the way, that's a reason why we should be able to arm ourselves, right? There's the government coming in and taking stuff that doesn't belong to them from people that used to belong to them. So that that's the roots of it. I'm not moralizing about where they've come to today. Whatever you think of them now, that's that's on you. I'm fine with that. So we were Jim Crow era, separate drinking fountains, riots, riots in Atlanta. We move into this era and we're dealing with police brutality. Ferguson, this is a five year, I'm recording this in the five year anniversary of, of the Ferguson riots, but Ferguson riots are nothing new. LA riots, Detroit, Atlanta. Black people have been riding all over this country forever in service of their rights, in service of their dignity, sometimes in service of their rage. But there have been all kinds of, my point is there have been all kinds of occasions when we've had to stand up and violently make our voices heard. And then we get Donald Trump, or before him it was George Bush, before him it was Ronald Reagan. Every time a Republican president comes in, it's the end of the world. They're going to put you all back in chains. This guy hates black people. This guy wants to see black people back in chains. This guy wants to reinstate Jim Crow and segregation. And look at who he's supporting. White supremacy, bigotry, prejudice, racism. It's dangerous. We can't even trust the police. We can't even trust our neighbors. Okay. Okay. Fair enough then why in the hell are you asking me to give that guy my gun? You want the government to come in and take you what? Donald Trump is the government for best, for better or worse. So you can't tell me on the one hand that he is the biggest threat to my freedom and then tell me on the other hand to give up my guns. Hell no. Hey everyone, Kira Davis here. If you're like me, you're always looking for new ways to be healthier, be more fit. Well, eating better is easier than ever with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, There's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. You've got your two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factors restaurant-quality meals. They're ready to heat and eat whenever you are. You've got pancakes, smoothies, and a lot more than that. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. 
No prep, no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. I like this part a lot. Factor is flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. My husband and I travel a lot for work, and some weeks we need more meals than others. So that is a huge plus. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. <laughs> I'm raising my hand. I'm not a very good cook, so I love that. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. And y'all, don't we all want to save more money these days? Don't we all need to save more money these days so you can save money and eat right? What's not to love here? Well, check this out. If you go over to factormeals.com slash JLTY50 and you use code JLTY50, you'll get 50% off. Talk about saving money. So factor, F-A-C-T-O-R, factormeals.com slash J-L-T-Y 50 and use my code, my code, J-L-T-Y 50 and you'll get 50% off. That's code J-L-T-Y 50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off. Eating better has never been easier. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, y'all. This is Allie Michelle. I'm a conservative social media influencer that has been censored by big tech. So I broke away from the restrictions and started a podcast called Pillow Talk with Allie Michelle. My show is a space to have real conversations about the issues that impact our everyday lives without the fear of being canceled by the big tech tyrants. Subscribe to Pillow Talk with Allie Michelle, an FCB podcast on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Allie, A-L-I-I. Come check out my show. I'll see you there. No black person in this country should be against the Second Amendment. No black person in this country should think that it is a good idea for the government to be the only people in the country that have weapons. Do you want the police to be the only people who have access to weapons? Really? Do you want the racist, bigoted, prejudiced, white supremacist government of this nation to be the only people who have access to guns? And white people, white people who are telling me that I, as a black American, should give up my guns because somehow, inexplicably, as a legal and responsible gun owner, I'm responsible for mass murder. 
even though that that's literally the last thing that would ever cross my mind. Somehow I'm responsible that I'm supposed to give up my guns. And at the same time, you're telling me, oh, also Trump hates you. I'm your ally. I'm going to stand up for you in the public square and I'm going to defend you against Trump. I'm your ally. But you know what I hear when you say that? I hear what I what I hear you saying is that when Trump's minions do inevitably march into my black home, take my black family and march us off to a concentration camp, you're going to stand there with your hands in your pocket. You ain't got no gun. What you going to do? What are you going to do to protect me? It's all games, people. I especially hate the white guilt angle of this because it's just, it's garbage. It's disingenuous. It's people who, who don't have enough good sense to, to parse out the logic of what they're saying. They think it sounds good to us. White people think that black people love it when, when they tell us how sorry they are about being white. I don't find that to be anything respectful. It, it doesn't, it doesn't demand respect from me is what I'm saying. If you tell me you hate yourself, I'm probably going to hate you too. I prefer a person who's just confident in who they are. But regardless, I hate that angle from the guilty white left, guilty white progressives that tell me, I'm your ally. I care about you. I do. But that person would not lay down their life for you. Case in point, they want you to give up your guns. They don't have guns. Who am I turning to if Donald Trump marches in with some brown shirts and tries to haul us all off to a concentration camp? Am I going to turn to my white neighbor who doesn't believe in guns, who doesn't believe in the Second Amendment, who thinks everybody who's a gun owner is a, is a dirty, filthy murderer? Am I going to turn to that person to help me? Or am I going to turn to my neighbor that has some weapons? I'm going to be like, hell no. If you're going to come and take me and my kids off in, in chains and handcuffs, we will die first. We will die before we allow ourselves to be taken back into captivity. Whose side are you on? So I make no apologies for supporting the Second Amendment, not anymore. And I don't, I don't take to these ideas that people have floating around that um, it's insane to believe that the government could possibly become aggressive towards a segment of their population. And on the very same hand, you're sending me dozens of articles about how we can't trust this government, about how the police hate us, about how Trump hates us, about how the Republicans hate us. Great, if the Republicans are so bad, let me keep my damn gun. Because I will tell you this, I am not a very brave person. <laughs> I have been made soft by the realities of modern American life. But if it was a choice between being thrown into slavery and fighting for my life, I will fight. It's easy for me to say that because I really don't think that's going to happen in this country. I really don't. But I'm just, that's how deep it is for me. That's how deep it is for black Americans. You know, white people, when you, when you're talking to us like this, you don't even have our perspective on that. You don't have our historical perspective on this. It's easy for you to say, look, you don't need a gun. Why do you need a gun that does this? Why do you need a gun that does that? Well, I need it because you keep telling me white people are going to come and take me away soon. That's what I need that. I need it. Listen to yourself. Just 
listen to what you're saying. Now, that being said, am I suggesting you go out and get a gun and keep it in your office drawer? No, if you are not comfortable with guns, stay away from them. Um, and if you do want to know more about them, then I suggest taking a course like I did, take a class, be trained properly. And that is the other thing that a lot of people don't understand about the gun issue and about gun owners. When you become a gun owner, you, you realize, I think for the most part, and I'm generalizing, some people are yahoos, right? They just want to shoot things. Most gun owners realize the, the power that you have in your hand when you actually fired a weapon and they respect it. And they take precautions. I mean, my kids, they can quote you like the basic rules of shooting. My daughter's never been. We're about to take her. But my my uh, my son is trained and my husband and son um, do shooting excursions. Two black men do shooting excursions in the desert all the time. My son can tell you the basic rules. Don't point at anything you're not ready to shoot at. Never put your finger on that trigger unless you are ready to pull. A gun is not a toy. Always check your weapon to see if it's loaded and mind your safety. I mean, those are just a few things, but those are like the basic rules. And my kids can quote those rules. So anyone who's worried about me having weapons in the house, oh, with my kids, like, no, everybody's educated. Do I let them? I don't, they don't even know where the guns in this house are. And that's how I'm going to keep it for now. But what I, I guess my point is what I find is gun owners are not only uh, respectful of the law, they are hyper respectful of the law. They never want to run afoul of it because they see this right as so fundamental. And truly, the Second Amendment is what defends the First Amendment. This goes back to what the government is allowed to do and not allowed to do to you, Right. You have the right to say whatever you want. The reason you have the right to say whatever you want is because the government is not allowed to come to your house and physically, forcibly muzzle you. Because if they do, you are armed. So you'll protect that right. In theory. I mean, I I get that you're not maybe armed. Like not every single person is armed. But do you see what I mean? It's a generalization. These things go together and I understand the emotion behind the idea of gun control and why we need more. And I understand the emotion behind um, this subject of white supremacy and what what we should be afraid of. And I think a lot of people say get rid of guns because they feel they're trying to help. You know, they, they care. They're not being assholes. They genuinely believe that this is, is, a, is, a, is a path to a peaceful society. But I'm asking you to take that thought all the way out to its logical end and understand what you're saying when you tell my black family we're not allowed to own any type of weapon. Why do I need an AR-15? None of your damn business. But I'll sure as hell be happy that I have it when some brown, when some of Trump's brown shirts roll up on me and take me to the concentration camps, I'll take out as many of those M efforts as I can before I go down myself. So it's none of your business what I want to do with that AR-15. It's only your business if I want to murder people with that AR-15. And guess what? We already have laws against murder. So murder's already illegal. 
a person who shoots a bunch of people at a garlic festival has broken the law, already broken the law. I don't think we need more laws to change that. But I don't want to get in the, into those weeds. My point is, is that if you really think about what you're saying when you're asking people, particularly black people, to give up their guns, what you're saying is um, we have no right to be protected and we should trust the government. And honest to God, I don't know why any black person in this country trusts the government ever. Our, there's nothing in our history that makes it so that we should trust the government. Even you might look, oh, look at the Civil Rights Act. Look at the Civil Rights Act that Johnson, Lyndon Johnson brought in. Lyndon Johnson was a, a freaking racist. He said he passed the Civil Rights Act so he'd keep these niggers voting, Democrat, until the next millennium. And he was damn sure straight, right? What are we, that's what he, that's a quote. You look that up. That is a quote. And anyways, guess what happened when they passed the Civil Rights Act? Nothing. We're still marching in the streets. We're still rioting. We're still having to speak up for ourselves. No black person on earth should trust the government. I don't care if the president is Barack Obama. Who is he? One guy. I don't care if the, if the president is Donald Trump. I don't care if the president is Bernie Sanders. You do not, black people have been given no reason to trust the government. Every time we've depended on the government to protect us, to come in and, and help lift our communities up, it's the opposite. Look at the black communities in this country that have the most federal government help. They're doing the worst. That's because the federal government knows it's not really help. They just keep sprinkling cash around and, and then we're all going to be like, oh, thank you. And we're going to forget about how they've been completely ineffective, uh, ineffective and haven't done a damn thing for us. Except at election time, they're going to come around to our churches and come around to our barbecues and and you're going to go visit Al Sharpton at Sylvia's and they're going to tell us we're going to make everything better for you and then nothing ever gets better. And then they forget about us. No black person on earth has any reason to trust the federal government or your local government. Arm yourselves. That's the genius of the Constitution. The genius of the Constitution is that it wasn't written for us and yet it still applies to us. And every time that the federal government has tried to thwart the, converse, the, the Constitution and tried to deny us our constitutional rights, we have had a balls-out, aggressive, effective campaign to restore our constitutional rights. Martin Luther King didn't march so that we could have constitutional rights. He marched to restore our constitutional rights, our rights that had been stolen from us. So the Second Amendment is your friend. Again, you don't need to be a gun owner, and I'm not suggesting you, you know, set up shop on your front door with your rifle in your hand and start threatening random white people who start walking by. That's not it. But I just want you to think about that this is the culture we're steeped in. Second Amendment culture is actually a protection for us, and we shouldn't be so willing to acquiesce that protection to a government that has never provably and demonstrably never had our best interest in mind in mind just listen to yourself 
All right, guys, I want to hear what you think on this issue. So go ahead and follow me on Twitter. Drop me a line at Real Kira Davis, or you can find me on Facebook um, on the FCB Radio Network page, um, or just drop your comments on this post, on the original post. Of course, as always, you can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and iTunes. I appreciate so much. If you were interested in all, if at all, if you if you found anything I said to be interesting at all about this subject, please rate and review the show on iTunes. Um, it's so helpful just for the ratings and um, just to be noticed. And it's my point of view that I don't want to be... Um, condemning people, but I do want to persuade. I want the opportunity to persuade you. And I'm not suggesting that if if you don't find my point of view to be correct, that you're an evil person or you're you're wrong, or we can't have a civil discussion. Completely the opposite. But I want the fair opportunity to persuade you. And then I really, really do want to know what you think. I do. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation. All right. Follow me on Twitter at Real Kira Davis, and I will see you all next week when I will ask you to just listen to yourself. Peace. I pray the Lord, my soul today, that we won't lose faith, and we won't lose faith. All we got is us, no one can take that away. So don't lose faith, it's gonna be okay. I pray the Lord, my soul today. That we won't lose faith, then we won't lose faith. All we got is us, no one can take that away. So don't lose faith, it's gonna be okay. This has been a presentation of the FCB Podcast Network, where real talk lives. Visit us online at fcbpodcasts.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.